Hello and welcome to UC Merced's very own care podcast. I'm Ashley. I'm Maddie. And I'm Tony. And today we'll be discussing human trafficking and stalking. But first, I do want to provide a trigger warning because the topics we will be discussing today can be potentially triggering to some. So these are some resources that we have. So the first one is our campus advocate, Lena Cano. So you can call or text her at 209-386-2051. And the next resource we have is the Valley Crisis Center hotline. So this is a 24-7, 365 days a year hotline. Um, whenever you need to talk to someone, they are there. They do provide the same resources as Lena does. And we discussed these a little more in depth in our previous um, podcast. But the number for the Crisis Center hotline is 209-722-4357. Wow. I always love hearing you do the intro. <laughs> That's it. But today's topic is stalking. So I do want to mention, I have been doing the January monthly posts on our Instagram page. and So go check it out. Yeah, go check it out. It's about <laughs> uh, debunking myths with actual facts and I provide the websites and resources that I used to back it up or not to back it up but to you know as reference um and stalking is also represented in a lot of shows that maybe some you know but for me I know definitely the show on Netflix called You very big one very big one your thoughts um I feel like You is such I don't want to say a good example because it's obviously not good Mm -hmm. um but it's a clear example that that's a better way to put it um, of stalking. And like I, when I first watched the show, I watched it with some friends and also like some family members. Um, And I remember like I was sitting on the couch with my dad one time, like watching an episode and he was like rooting for Joe, the main character in that show, who is the stalker. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's kind of interesting the way that I guess the media ran with that show. Um, And the show almost had like viewers and audience members rooting for this person who's doing all of these terrible things. And for anyone who hasn't watched the show, um, obviously spoiler alert, (laughs) um, he does uh, stalk multiple women um, on social media. He also um, physically stalks them, following them from place to place, um, gets in contact with friends um, and family members, I believe of um, the survivor of stalking. Um, He even goes as far as murdering, um, friends and other people um in the survivor's life so all of these things are happening yet some of my family members and some of my friends were like oh yeah like he's so cool like go him and I'm like no No. like no why are we why are we doing this so I feel like it was it was a good example um to be able to have like conversations and to be like no this is really problematic and here's why um so at least like when I watched the show I tried to use it as like a learning curve for family members I guess um and definitely with my dad the most I feel like it's almost because that's the way we're taught that, like, you know, you have to play, like, not hard to get, but, like, if they don't say yes the first time, it's like, oh, you just have to keep trying. So that's what I mean. Playing, it's like that someone else is playing hard to get. Uh-huh. So you have mm-hmm. to do your research on them. You have to try to find out the things they like. So that way you can show them, like, hey, I'm like this. And so mm-hmm. I think that's why it was kind of like if we took away the parts, like, the behind the scenes of him stalking. And by the way, and I just realized we did not give the definition for stalking, but stalking is defined as a pattern of unwanted behavior that creates fear for the person that is being stalked. So like Joe Goldberg um, continuously watching her, like stalking her on Instagram. So trying to find out where she lives, just looking to see all her likes and dislikes. 
if like we took all that away, like all the behind the scenes stuff of you, like he would look like a very caring, loving boyfriend or someone that's trying to like become your boyfriend, which is what I thought was crazy to me. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is scary. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. And the show does a very clear example of um, like cyber stalking, like, you know, using technology or the Internet to find out what, you know, the target's interests were just to get closer to her and i think the show did do that contrast of like you know in the day you know oh my god look he's this charming new love interest he's really interested in her wow they they have like the same interests and all that and then like it shows oh this is how he found out he was stalking her very very like she didn't know uh very discreet like just like wow yeah, I feel like too often perpetrators of stalking and other crimes as well um, in movies and TV shows are painted to be like the nice guy mm-hmm. or or the nice person in the scenario who's, you know, just trying to do everything they can to win someone over. Mm-hmm. Um, even though all of their behaviors are unwanted and, as Ashley just mentioned, create fear for the person who's experiencing these things. Um, and that's definitely not okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like even in the scenes where, like, he dramatically saves her, like, I feel like those scenes almost make it the stalking okay because it's like, oh, if he hadn't been there, I don't mm-hmm. know if you all know what the scene mm-hmm. I'm talking about. Like, it was that she had been out to a club or bar and he followed her and she, like, mm-hmm. almost got ran over or something and he yeah. saved yeah. her. And so it was, she was like, oh, my gosh, like, thank you for saving me. How'd you get here? And he's like, oh, I was just walking around here, you know. But, like, he yeah. had stalked her and he had mm-hmm. saved her. So that mm-hmm. was, like... And okay, because if he hadn't stopped her, she would not be okay. But in reality, this doesn't really happen in real life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like situations like that or scenes like that happen in so many different like movies and TV shows. Yeah. Um, I don't know about y'all, but I'm a big Twilight fan. I read Twilight yep. in the third grade. Like it was, <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, it, it got me through a lot um, growing up. And I actually just um reread all of the books um over over our little break our winter break um and going back I think reading them like having the knowledge that I have now um and like doing this work that we do I was kind of taken aback at how blatant of a stalker um Edward the main character in Twilight is um and just even the language is so like in your face this is problematic um and yet like Edward is so romanticized, obviously, like, Team Edward, Team Jacob, right? Like, it, it was a huge thing growing up for, at least me, like, I even, like, my cousins and I, like, would fight over, like, oh, like, I love Edward and I love Jacob, you know? Mm-hmm. And just the fact that, like, these characters who do all of these problematic things, how how they're so romanticized. Like, Edward watches this, watches Bella, uh, the protagonist, sleep um, every night for months on end. Um, and then actually, like, you just mentioned the scenes. Um, Bella like goes to a nearby city with her friend um, and uh, she ends up like walking to a bookstore like late at night by herself um, and these uh, few men kind of corner her um, and you can tell like something bad is about to happen um, and she's afraid and Edward pulls up in his car all of a sudden because he had followed her to a whole other city um, and you know opens the car like oh I'm, I'm gonna save you and he says get in the car and you know she like gets in like without questioning in any way whatsoever and then you know when he says like she literally says like how did you know where I was and he was like oh like I followed you here and she's just kind of like oh yeah okay and you know like there's not even like 
there's there's no like this isn't okay here um and reading that when I was younger I I thought it was normal like I was like oh yeah cool like he saved her like go him love him for that you know and I don't know now that I'm older it it just kind of blows my mind that like it's so common and I rooted for that um I don't know it's just kind of crazy to me like the parallels of like rereading all of it and being like wow like I really loved this no yeah right when you were saying that right now when you said that I was like literally cringing and like there was no shock value for it when I was younger like I didn't think like oh my gosh that's creepy like oh my gosh that's so weird I was like like you said like you were like oh my gosh he saved her like he is the hero he is the shit like he is so awesome you know he like watches her because he just wants to see her and cares about her so much but now I'm like that is so creepy like Uh I I definitely agree I don't know if I want to reread those books because I did like them when I was younger and I'm just gonna be cringing throughout the whole thing (laughs) I mean granted I I did definitely cringe through all of them um but I don't think all of the the problematic stuff in the books has made me I guess dislike them like I still have like a love and enjoyment for them um I just I think it's important to look at things now that I'm older from a different lens than I did before and to like read critically or to view critically if it's a movie or a TV show. Um, And we say a lot at the care office, like we're not asking y'all to never watch, you know, these shows again or these movies again or never to read these things again. And it's okay to like them because I felt a little guilty actually, like going back and rereading all of these books, like, oh, like maybe I shouldn't like this, you know, but I don't know. I just think it's important to have those conversations and to be able to call out problematic behaviors for what they are. Um, but I do think it's okay to enjoy them, like, as an entertainment type thing. Um, at least that's kind of where I'm at with that. No, yeah. Watch me watch season three of you, because I'm going to be there and be like, oh, what is next? <laughs> Honestly, same. Yeah, because so what entertaining. Else, like, what else is going to happen? Um, I actually was not into Twilight when it was a thing. <laughs> uh, I got into it. Well, I didn't get into it. My friend who was really into it, she was like, you need to watch the movies. You need to be a little bit cultured in this. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, whatever, right? Let's watch it. <laughs> and it was, I think it was before. Yeah, it was before I got my position. I care. So even when I was watching it, I was like, wait a minute. This, this is, this is not, this is not, why are they romanticizing this? Like immediately in her, because I was at her house. Uh-huh. And she was like, hey, man. This this was, you know, 13-year-olds everywhere was into this. And I was like, no, no. And I think I talked to uh, Val about it, too, I think. Or it might have been Ashley. <laughs> Where uh, I was telling, like, we were talking about it. And I was telling Ashley, like, yeah, like, they're really romanticizing, like, unhealthy relationships and stalking and all that. But 13! Like, kind of warping their image of uh, romance and having a love interest and yeah. all that. I think movies like that and books and basically all forms of of media that that we take in mm-hmm. definitely have a lot of power to shape kids growing yeah. up and i know for me like reading those books and reading other things and watching other movies i thought these things were normal and like okay and just the way that like all of these different things normalize stalking and other forms of violence um you know is is so crazy to me and it's not something i don't think i ever would have noticed unless i entered the work that we do mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think I just would have lived my life like thinking that certain things were okay and normal. Um, and like Ashley earlier, you mentioned like all of like the different justifications that are used to like think that they're so normal. I feel like I just would have rolled with that and been like, oh yeah, like you know, he's they're just nice, 
or I don't know, things like that. And so I am really appreciative of like all of the knowledge that I've gained from working at CARE just because it's made me like a critical thinker in terms of things that aren't okay. Um, And also has like given me the confidence to have conversations with other people about things that are problematic when I see them. So like if I'm watching a movie with like my little sister um, and she's like romanticizing um, one of the main characters who is doing something problematic, like I like to use that as like a learning experience. Um, Also not like in a luxury type way, but kind of being like, hey, like, do you think that's a little weird? Um, And like having those kinds of conversations with her, just because I wish like someone could have done that for me when I was younger. Um, So it's something that I definitely like to do with my little or my younger sibling. I'm the oldest of five. So I try to do with all of them. No, yeah, I have that same thing with my siblings, because one of them is 15. And she's like, very like into the romance right now. (laughs) And like all her shows, she's like, Oh, my gosh, like, isn't that so romantic? (laughs) And then I have a 12 year old and then like, nine-year-old boy like those are the ones that live with me and my little mm-hmm. brother like my sister will be like oh isn't that romantic and because my brother has heard my spiel so many times in different movies <laughs> my sis, my 15 year old sister tells me to shut up she's like can you shut up Ashley not ruin this movie for me but my brother's like well it's kind of yeah. creepy and he's like that's really bad like you want someone to do that to you my sister's like well no but it's you know shut up but it's just like mm-hmm. those types of things but like now my siblings like will point it out and they're like okay like you said like it's not bad to like watch this stuff because it's super entertaining but like it's important to know and then they're like hey like this is it like I this kind of weird but I'm still gonna watch it because it's so entertaining mm-hmm. but like something that I've taken away from this personally is like trying to see how it like fits not in movies but I feel like on our everyday life with like family members mm-hmm. like in relationships mm-hmm. like because like, when I talk about this, sometimes people are like, oh, that's that's in movies, though. Like, that doesn't really affect real life. But mm-hmm. I think it kind of does because, like, when, like, a boyfriend or a girlfriend or, like, prospective members, it's um, – I don't know why I said prospective. It's because, like, right now it's, like, getting ready for all that for frats and stuff. But, like, when people – like, I feel like my family members, like, if someone be something, they're like, oh, you know, like – why are you being so mean? Like, you don't, you have to be nice. Give them a chance. Like, look, they bought you these gifts. And it, I'd be like, I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't want these gifts though. Mm -hmm. And they'd be like, well, give them a chance. Like, look, he brought this for you too. And he brought this for your family. And then like, he's trying to find out that kind of stuff. I'm like, to me, this is really creepy. Mm -hmm. But like, I feel like everyone would make me feel bad for not wanting to be in that relationship, for not wanting to give them a chance. And they'd just be like, oh, they're just, they're, they're just really trying you can tell like they're really into you because they're not taking no for an answer and it's like mm-hmm. they should be taking no for an answer mm-hmm. yeah but I feel like mm-hmm. the, like my family members were like oh you know like you're just being so rude you're just so uptight you just think you're the mm-hmm. shit when it's like I don't have to give an explanation for a reason that I don't want to date someone and exactly. so like, I yeah. don't know if y'all have 100%. had similar experiences or have seen it oh, with yeah. other people yeah uh, yeah like uh, especially family they always try to justify like oh they're doing it out of their own heart out of their out, like basically saying they're doing it out of love and it's like mm, to be like not I don't want to say like ostracized maybe but by the like you know by family to be like no that's it makes me uncomfortable I don't want to be you know I don't want to be in this position like I don't at least respect that and like, I feel like it slips their mind that stalking is illegal, you know, 
Mm-hmm. They don't know. They don't see it as like a crime or yeah, like a crime or anything. They're just like, yeah, no, they're they're interested in you. And it's like, no, like no, those unwanted calls, unwanted texts. It's like they keep calling. It's like they're just really interested. Like no, mm. or like the little unwanted gifts. Um, unwanted gifts are another form of stalking that we often don't think about because because of these things that we're talking about, right? Like people are like, oh, that's so nice. That's so thoughtful that they would do that for you. You know, that they would leave you those chocolates or that they would leave you, I don't know, your favorite kind of chips or something like that. But it raises questions like, well, how do they know that I even like this Mm -hmm. stuff? Also, like, if this is making me uncomfortable and I let them know, like, hey, like, I'm not into you like that, that should be enough. Mm -hmm. Like me saying no, me me setting that boundary should be enough Mm -hmm. for someone to say, okay, for them to acknowledge my my valid emotions and to and to keep going and to move on with their lives um and I've definitely been in situations where like my family members have tried to like push me into a relationship where I've said like I am just personally not interested in this person Mm -hmm. um because they're so nice um or you know because they do so much for me or because they really care about me because you know they go out of their way to do nice things for me Mm -hmm. but also I think like when having those kinds of conversations I think people often do all of these quote unquote nice things for something in return. So it's not them wanting to do something nice because it's out of the kindness of their heart. I feel like a lot of times, at least when it comes to these things, when it comes to wooing someone, Mm -hmm. it's because you want something more. It's not because you or it's not because someone just wants to be nice to you and to to say like, hey, like I'm thinking of you or I care about you or at least not in every case. But I just feel like this is so common that it's like, I want, I want something out of you or, you know, I want to get something in return here. And then when you let them know, like, hey, you're not getting that in return, all of a sudden the blame is put on you Mm -hmm. for not reciprocating when they've been doing all of these things that you never asked for in the first place. Mm Kind of like we owe them something. Yes, definitely. I've, I've felt that from like different family members before Mm -hmm. and I've had to be like, hey, like, no, I, this isn't it. Mm -hmm. And this isn't okay. Like this whole conversation, you know, mm-hmm. with those family members where they're trying to like pressure you and like, oh, like they're just so nice or these things are so cute and romantic. Mm-hmm. And you have to explain like, or at least I do like, no, yeah, it's not. Yeah, no, I had, I don't want to, I maybe a similar, I don't want, I don't know. I have a hard time like registering these things in my mind. But when I was younger, uh, I had a friend and my entire family loved him for some reason. And, you know, it just, it just became like this, this thing where they were like, oh, he's a nice guy. You should give him a chance just, you know, just to push me to it. And he, mm-hmm. what he did was very, yeah, I would, a lot of unwanted gifts, a lot of unwanted, just everything. And I was, I would tell, like, I would communicate this to him and I'd be like, no, you know, I'm not interested. Thank you, though. Um, mm-hmm. and he would, you know, push it, be like, your family likes me, like, you know, and I'd be like, hey, look, look, I'm, I'm drawing this line right here. If yeah, you continue this, I'm, I'm gonna cut you off. I'm not, I'm not, you're making me uncomfortable. I don't like that. And the thing is, is that I didn't really tell my family because they loved him. So I, when we, when I did eventually stop talking to him, they were like, oh where is he do you know about him have you talked to him all this and I'd be like no I don't know I've just brushed it off you know and I just have to kept I kept brushing it off until like recently I told them 
I was like, you know, he was making me really uncomfortable. I didn't want to be associated with him. I know you all like them, but mm-mm. and they were like, oh man, he was such a good guy. I was like, this is why. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's like, oh, like, just that like concept of them thinking like I like owing them something because they do something for you. It's like, no, no. Mm-hmm. Like you're obligated to be with this person because they're doing these things. Yeah. But you didn't ask for like you said like unwanted i feel like it definitely takes its toll especially when you've said stop like i don't want this please don't give it to me Mm -hmm. and like you get into that fear part of it like it being it becoming stalking because they're not stopping it's literally creating fear for you because they won't stop calling they won't stop texting they won't stop trying to like get information from you from your friends or family members like those unwanted gifts like maddie said again and like that's where the fear part comes in where like because I feel like I don't want people to, like, kind of get confused with what we're saying, that, like, people giving gifts is bad, but it's to the point where, like, if someone has said, no, I don't have these feelings for you, and they continue doing this, and you start becoming fearful, that's when it becomes stalking. But, like, talking about, like, media and how all that perpetuates, like, I do also want to get into, like, human trafficking, and then how, like, that also is kind of seen in our media, like, through, like, the word pimp, or, like, how it's kind of, like, very sensationalized, and like mm-hmm. rap music and like movies how it's like oh like I can't think of any song at the top of my head right now but I know there's so many songs where being like a pimp is like such a cool thing because you're rich and stuff I remember hearing it a lot in school too from guys that they would be like oh uh, they would say things like I'm a pimp um, I'm pimping it or if they're like yeah you know I know Maddie you mentioned like if they dress really nice you know they're like oh you're a pimp yeah I feel like that's a common one or at least like in my everyday life, like, that's that's something that I hear. Say, like, someone's dressed nice, and they're like, oh, like, okay, like, you're a pimp. Or, like, I guess little stupid things like that. And, Ashley, um, do you want to explain, like, that video that we watched earlier? I feel like that's a really great example. Yeah, so I'm a huge fan of Keen Peel. Um, If you all don't so watch them, they have, like, their clips on YouTube. Like, I think it's really interesting. Um, yeah. But anyways, this it's this skit of, like, they're in a club and they're, like, you know, vibing with the songs. And it's, like, if you're a pimp, put your hands up. And then it's, like, if – how does it go? I'm so sorry. Like, I completely lost my thought. But it's, like, if you own women, keep your hands up. Yeah. And then all those people that had their hands up are, like, shoot. Like, what? no, obviously, no, like, I, I, I don't do that. And so everyone puts their hands down and it's, like – this is like weird what like that's not it and it's like if you're a player put your hands up and people are like yeah you know and it's like if you don't respect women or something like that or if you don't respect people like keep your hands up people's like emotions people are like I'm just kidding like you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. so I think it's just interesting like how and it it goes on with other scenarios and it's like if you realize you're not this shit put, put your hands up and we're like yeah I'm actually not a pimp I'm actually not a player I'm actually not a gangster <laughs> but just like all that stuff all of like, these bad things yeah it's like super sensationalized and it's like I'm actually not and like I shouldn't be like wanting to be that because mm-hmm. it's like harmful to people yeah but yeah I invite y'all to go watch King Peel I really like it to be honest <laughs> that'd be awesome if they could sponsor us you <laughs> <laughs> Peel yeah, I'm like, hey, can I go on there? I really like a lot of their uh, videos, especially that one. Yeah, I didn't see that one before. And it was really interesting how, like, it's interesting how they uh, introduced the concept of, like, nor- uh, man- uh, can I say romanticizing the word pimp? 
and how like it's something that people desire to be or to be called a pimp without mm-hmm. like fully understanding that that term is harmful to people yeah I think people want like the glamour I feel like when they think of a pimp they think of like someone like iced out with like chains and you know like yeah like they have like the nice clothes they have all you know they have money and they have wealth Mm -hmm. and I think that's probably why people throw around the term pimp so often is because they think it's something cool and something desirable and and then like in that video that Ashley just described like and I, I had I had just watched it for the first time today when I watched I was like wow like we're explained um like you know being a pimp means that you essentially own and sell people's bodies um and the second that like the dj said that people were like oh no like i don't want to be associated with that so i think just like the fact that things are so glamorized in our society people use pimp as like a common language um but you know then they realize like oh shit i actually that's not what i mean yeah and i think i just kind of want to like give a definition to like human trafficking or like sex trafficking a little kind of what we're talking right now like the mm-hmm. federal law i'm gonna give you all the definition Ooh, go off so sex it. trafficking <laughs> in which a commercial <laughs> sex act is induced by force fraud or coercion in which the person induced or performed such act has not attained 18 years of age or the recruitment of harboring transportation provision of obtaining of a person of for labor or services through the use of force fraud or coercion for the purposes of sub- subjection to involuntary servitude peonage debt bondage or slavery so this is the federal like the ucs section 7102 i got this off um the attorney general of california but so just a reminder that sex trafficking is a type of human trafficking but there is also like labor where people are being forced to do labor so essentially slavery mm-hmm. and so i just think it's like really important just to kind of know a little about it about it and like the definition how it's not only sex trafficking also be like through labor forcing people to do work Mm -hmm. um like I know when I was younger we would hear like we would have people come to our school and like talk about like human trafficking and how it would sometimes be like in like massage parlors or like nail salons where people are being forced to work and with not giving not being given like a wage like a living wage or something and being forced to do that or like human trafficking like with pimps like sex trafficking like essentially like people are being forced to use their bodies and they don't get any money in return and they're being like forced to do that like through fraud force or coercion but yeah I feel like it's also like just human trafficking in general like we don't think it's a big problem here in the U.S. when it really is because I know when I learned about human trafficking or what I'd see in the movies I'd think of like (laughs) I don't remember his name but like there's this movie where he goes to like France and his daughter gets kidnapped. Taken? Thank you. Taken. That's the movie that I'm thinking of. Like that's what I thought human trafficking was when I was younger. I don't know if anyone else has that. I haven't seen it actually. But yeah, there's that yeah, that idea that there's there's like the set idea of what human trafficking looks like and it's, you know, just being kidnapped or being taken like just maybe walking Maybe just walking like down the street one night or even in the day that it's something that can happen, just the car pull up and it will just take you in. That's it. You're gone. Like you're going to be trafficked. And I know like, especially in like my family, that's exactly what's been like drilled in my head. So 
like if you go anywhere by yourself um that you're gonna get taken and that's why i can't do anything by my well i can't do everything by myself but i have a fear like inside of me that i might just get kidnapped and that's it that's the end of it and yeah i usually have people come with me like maybe a friend or a relative they you know put in gas or go to the store anything Mm -hmm. like that um growing up my mom um has always been very hyper aware of human trafficking I I think that's a good way to put it Mm -hmm. um and I don't know she's very protective so and she's very like on it I guess in terms of like news so like whenever there's anything going on like that revolves human trafficking or kidnapping or any of anything of that kind of like nature she like sends me articles and she's like see Madeline like don't go to the bathroom alone or don't get gas alone or like I we were having a conversation maybe a couple months ago and she was telling me like if I guess there was like a human trafficking thing happening where like women were pumping gas and then I don't know about y'all but like when I pump gas I don't like think about locking my car when I'm out of my car so my mom was saying that like that was common and people would like get in the back seat of the car without like someone noticing while they're pumping gas or something like that and so she was like see like these crazy things can happen so I grew up with like my mother always showing me like these stories about human trafficking or like these these news um like articles about it and so I think like growing up Tony like you mentioned I also had that like fear I guess like oh baby like I do need to like watch my back or you know like make sure that I'm going to places um like with a buddy system or whatever so I definitely had that too Mm -hmm. um just making sure that as safe as I could be I guess yeah I don't know I think it's interesting granted like I know when um so working in the care office we sometimes have um different departments come and give us training so one that we previously had was from the UCPD um kind of giving us a kind of rundown of human trafficking um because obviously we're still learning like I don't like don't quote us on a lot of stuff because we're learning um we're trying to learn our best but like it was interesting to see like the different ways that human trafficking kind of comes about like social media such as like snapchat like seeking arrangements like instagram Mm -hmm. like all that sorts of stuff how it just comes off like hey like how are you doing i thought it was just like really crazy and like interesting how some of them kind of start out like oh like you know i think you're just really beautiful like would you like to model for me and then like they get them like this job and then it's like hey you need some money on the side like how about you do this for us and then it just becomes like if you don't do this i know where your family lives I'm going to hurt you and I'm going to hurt them. And so it's like really hard for them to get out of it. And then like, I know like other stories of survivors that I've watched, like on TED Talks that like go on and tell their stories. It's some of them start like really kind of like a normal relationship, which I thought was like low key, like very scary, but also very interesting how they just kind of like build them up and give them a lot of confidence, but at the same time, like also break them down in a way. Um, to get them to do these types of stuff for them and then, like, completely control them in this way, which, like, I think is, like, a very big, like, different thing from, like, what, like, stories we grew up, like, hey, they're going to grab you off the street, they're going to grab you like this, when sometimes it can just be, like, in the most, I don't want to say innocent of ways, but, like, ways that you wouldn't expect, like, that your spouse, that a family member, that your um, significant other is the one actually trafficking you. Mm-hmm. Which is why I'd say, like, I'd invite everyone to, like, 
kind of do that your own research on this listen to your own, um other survivors stories to try to like just educate yourself because um human trafficking sometimes isn't talked about a lot mm-hmm. um like as a serious issue like here in the united states that this is a problem here in the united states and in california definitely important issues that we should all know about and learn always keep learning on and i think with that said we should wrap it up are there any final thoughts anything anyone wants to say at the end all right well one thing i do want to say is how we you know we mentioned a lot um there's a lot of shows that portray problematic behavior and it's important to understand that you could have those conversations when they come up but obviously we are not telling you not to watch it it is for your own entertainment but it is important to have those conversations thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed i hope you stay tuned for the next episodes um the next ones will be about teen dating violence awareness unhealthy healthy relationships and black heritage month and again thank you everyone for coming listen to us i hope y'all like this and as always like if y'all have topics or ideas or ways that we can improve on this please feel free to reach out to us so yeah thank y'all i hope you enjoyed it hope you have a good day good night wherever you are thank you so much for listening bye bye everyone